This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Red Bread. So Red Bread is a bakery in Sacramento, California that makes uh, delicious, healthy, often sourdough-infused products and ships them nationwide. And they sent us their signature cracked cookie, which was a delicious cookie. Can I can I say that it was voted the best cookie in Los Angeles? It was voted the best cookie. Amazing Matthew. Wow. Amazing Matthew. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was was voted the most amazing cookie in Los Angeles. Uh, It was definitely the most amazing cookie in my house when it arrived. It's really, you know, it looks like a healthy cookie. Uh, It's got oats. It's got chunks of Cho brand chocolate. Whole wheat flour. But it does not taste like anything that would be described as a healthy cookie. It tastes like a delicious cookie. No, this was really delicious. And and Matthew and I both say this as people who regularly have homemade cookies in our houses. And also regularly have junk food cookies. That's true. So, you know, it uh, it appealed to us as as junk food lovers, as real food lovers. It uh, it crosses the spectrum. It appeals to us as lovers. <laughs> not of each other, from other people. So um, you can get, uh, you know, you can get a sampler box from Red Bread with some of their sourdough breads, as well as the cracked cookie. Uh, they ship nationwide. Um, shipping is free for orders over $120. So go to eatredbread.com and use the promo code MILK to get 15% off your first order. Red Bread, crack into some cookies. <laughs> Not a real slogan, but Red Bread, you can have it. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today we are in the middle of eating some croque monsieur, because it's our cheese sandwich episode, which Ham is different. And cheese. Oh, <laughs> that, that part of my agenda was covered up. <laughs> I just oh, this is pretty good. It's a cheese sandwich. And I was about to say to you, wait, how's this episode different from... Our grilled cheese episode, <laughs> you would think I had nothing to do with choosing the theme ham and cheese. God, I'm- no, this theme was <laughs> was uh, suggested by spouse Lori and listener Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I oh, don't, this is tasty. I don't think they were working in, in concert. <laughs> I, I went to their concert. <laughs> they have like a folk, acoustic folk duo. They sang the song it's about- It's like the new Indigo Girls. Uh-huh. I'm the ham and you're the cheese. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we were inspired. We, we, Molly and I both went to the concert. Galileo's head was on the block. Yep. I went to the fountain <laughs> and stuff. The crime was looking up the truth. Yep. 
Uh, and uh, what, what's that song called? Galileo! <laughs> you know the one Indigo Girls song that everybody knows? No, there's also Closer to Fine. You're, whoa, those are different songs. <laughs> My world has just been it's rocked. True. I know. Oh, how is that for really kicking it back? Oh, that's that's as far back as I'm willing to kick it at this time. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so we went to that concert that didn't exist, and uh, we were inspired to do a show about ham and cheese sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're eating this croque monsieur, uh, which we're not going to talk about yet, um, because if it gets cold, I uh, was warned that it would congeal and get weird. It's already a little weird. It's already a little weird. You know, okay, so let's talk about, before we go down memory lane, let's talk a little bit about what this is. So a uh, croque monsieur is... Uh, White bread, we mm-hmm. cut the crust off, uh, gruyere and ham, and then there's also bechamel, which is a white sauce made from butter, flour, and milk. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I've always had weird feelings about bechamel. It's an odd sauce. It's a really strange thing. And, like, I kind of don't like to think about the fact that it's in the sandwich that I'm enjoying. It feels like a thing that has almost but not quite been left in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just hanging on by yeah. its nails. You know, should we... Should we take a stand right here and say, like, it's time to, to let go of the rope and, and let bechamel fall to its death? You know, I'm not quite ready to say that because, so, <clears throat> we've never done a souffle episode, but... Are we going to do a souffle episode? But one of the first... I feel, I feel like, physically unwell just thinking about the idea of doing a souffle episode. And oh, really? To, just, just try to, like, time it like, you know, we're, we're supposed to be talking, but the souffle is falling. Oh, and I'll it's, do it. It's going to be like it. a Lucy episode. It will be. Um, I, I'll do it. So when I was, like, first living on my own in my early slash mid-20s. Listening to a ton of Indigo Girls. <laughs> my parents had two copies of the cookbook, How to Cook or The Way to Cook. Now I can't remember the name Julia of it. Julia Child. By Julia Child. Mm-hmm. And I was a vegetarian at the time, and I taught myself how to make a cheese souffle from that book. And that was the first time I ever made bechamel. Okay. Super easy. Making souffle, real easy. Roll easy. <laughs> and um, anyway, I would be happy to do it. But so I'm not willing to cut the, the rope or step on the knuckles of bechamel and oh, let it slide yeah. down the cliff because it's a really good souffle recipe. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. Which Indigo Girls album were you listening to when you made the souffle? <laughs> were you also? I think cooking? I had already stopped listening to Indigo Girls at that point. Did you? Were you also- Indigo Girls was like, so I had this weird confluence of musical tastes in high school. Mm-hmm. There was like a real Nine Inch Nails downward spiral thing going on, and I saw them live yeah. with Marilyn Manson. Oh wow! Oh Trent Reznor. So hot. It was really weird when they added Indigo Girls to that tour, but somehow it worked. <laughs> no, but around the same time, no, maybe okay. Hold on. I think I went... It's important we get this exactly right. <laughs> I think I'm, it... I'm writing out a timeline that we're going to post at SpilledMilkPodcast.com. I think I went very, like, Alternative Nation, Headbangers Ball, 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, the further I got into high school, it was, like, all Fugazi or, like, all, like, uh, you know, like, Nine Inch Nails yeah. kind of stuff. Verging onto, like, The Prodigy. Do you remember The Prodigy? For sure. Yeah. Anyway, but my freshman year, I was friends with a couple of girls who, oh, and we hung out in like coffee shops that had open mic poetry reading situations. The, the Prodigy had that that uh, hit song with the name <laughs> that I'm not going to say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, Firestarter? No. <laughs> Wait, am I confused? No, I'm pretty sure it started I'm with Smack. About- 
Oh, yeah. It was that the prodigy? It, it, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if the song was called that though. Oh, I think it was. It was. Anyway, that was that was an album I was really into for a while. Sure. But anyway, I had these two friends and we would go to this coffee shop called Medina's in the Paseo neighborhood of Oklahoma City and I was writing a lot of poetry then and I would read my poetry at the open mic nights. But anyway, I was also listening to <laughs> Matthew is losing it. I was listening to a lot of Fugazi and Discord mm-hmm. record stuff around then, but I also had like a space in my heart for Indigo Girls because I was like 15 and writing a lot of poetry and feeling things, feeling all the feelings. Can we hear a, can I'm we still hear a selection? feeling all the feelings. Yeah, you've got all the feels. I have all the feels. Uh, could we turn over the rest of this episode to just uh, some selections from Molly's 15-year-old poetry? <laughs> You know, Matthew, you've read a whole bunch of it, my I know, friend. And you I'm not allowed to, to say anything about it. A whole bunch of it. Yeah. Um, there was a whole bunch of pining but, for these guys who were seniors when I was a freshman and they had a band that was called Did I tell you about the band? I don't name? think so. Oh my god, I had the biggest crush on this you, guy. You literally had a so called life. I literally did. And this guy was every bit as handsome as Jared Leto. His name was Casey Moon, and it was K C. The initials, KC wow. Moon. And um, anyway, there was also another guy named Zach Brown, who is only the the only redheaded person I've ever been attracted to. Being a redhead myself, I feel like I'm allowed to say this. Okay. I'm usually more into like brown hair slash black hair. Anyway, I'm just going to put that out there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> in, case, listen, in case any <laughs> listeners are. Listeners, or... call me. Anyway, so um, yeah, these two guys, they had a band with a third guy. <laughs> And the band was called... Wait, what was the third guy's name? His name was John Sturm. Okay. I spent a lot of time thinking about these oh, guys. Oh, please tell me the band was called Sturm and Drang. <laughs> the band was even better. It was called Violet N. Like, violent, but they took the N out. <laughs> put it the I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> anyway, these guys were like 18 when I was 15, and they had no idea I existed, and I wrote a lot of poetry about them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I've actually, like, Googled them recently, because they would now be, like, 41, 42 years old. Sure. And I find that just fascinating. And I find it fascinating that I'm that old. <laughs> I know. Weird. Anyway, but I've never been able to find them on, on the Google. Yeah. Isn't that weird when know, you Google someone when and you can't find disappear. them? There is a band called the Zach Brown Band. That's a different guy. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Not my Zach Brown. I and everyone else are going to run out and Google this and see what these guys are up to. Yeah. Anyway, that was what... But at the same time, I was listening to Indigo Girls and writing a lot of poetry and hanging out in a coffee shop and discovering mochas. I was drinking a lot mochas of mochas. Mochas are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Were you cooking for moosewood? Uh, I'm pretty sure I was because I was vegetarian mm-hmm. around that yeah. time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Violet Violet N, call us. Any of you guys are listening? Yeah, we don't usually have guests, but any of you know any of these people? Like awesome. Oh, this is this just turned into America's most wanted <laughs> slash I saw you. Missed connections. Missed connections. Yeah. God, I used to love to read misconnections. Sure. Yeah, that was wow. That was the most interesting jaunt down memory lane I can remember for quite a while. It had nothing to do with ham and cheese whatsoever, Absolutely and I think that's why I loved to do it. With ham and cheese. Thanks for not reciting any of my poetry on air, Matthew. I, yeah, I definitely remember all of it. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, did you eat ham and cheese sandwiches ever as a child? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 
Me neither. <laughs> uh, my brothers did. My brothers uh, were, I remember at school lunch, they often got hot ham and cheese. I think I didn't like ham when I was a kid. Mm. So if you're playing that drinking game where when I say I didn't like something normal as a kid. Drink, yeah. drink, drink. Um, I didn't like ham and cheese. I think I didn't like cheese very much as a kid, mm. unless it was like melted and grilled cheese or, or um, mac and cheese, pizza. All those places where cheese is melted. The, yes, wherever cheese is melted, we'll be there. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> I'm just really stuck on my jaunt down memory lane. No, I, I would love to hear more about that. I, <laughs> I honestly don't care that much about ham and cheese. I w- I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately because one of these girls, like, I don't know what really happened to her. Wait, what girls? Oh, they're... <laughs> I know you're expecting like all this juicy stuff to come out of my past. No, I I, I just. Oh, the the two girls that I would hang out at the coffee shop with. Got it. What were their names? Uh, Leslie and Evely. Okay. Evely. Evely. Isn't that kind of an amazing name? Yeah. Um, Evely Horner. Okay. If anybody out there knows Evely Horner, I was friends with her when I was 15. Anyway, uh, and Leslie, Leslie, I we've been friends since we were babies. We're still in touch. Oh, that's great. Our our dads. We're buddies. Does she know where to find Violet Ann? I don't know if she you does. Should, she, she's ask. still in Oklahoma. And she. I'm kind of not friends with anyone I went to high school with anymore. And Leslie still is. So maybe, maybe Leslie, if you're listening. <laughs> Doesn't the Violet Ann sound like the name of a dude ranch? Is it possible they, they left it the music does. industry but opened a dude ranch? It's and quite you could, possible. You it's could go like, spend a weekend on their ranch like in City Slickers, which you know, is everything I, I know I about like dude ranches. I would like to hope that they're doing really cool stuff. Like maybe one of them is like... I don't know, like working for a nonprofit, like changing the world right now. Like, I I hope that that's what's going on, but I'm not sure. I really hope they're doing something (laughs) boring like that. (laughs) Me me too. (laughs) Me too. You know, I was so boring as a teenager, Matthew. No, no, you you recited poetry at open mics. Writing poems and fantasizing about people who never knew I existed. And I mean, I guess that's what you're supposed to do when you're 15. I don't think most teenagers ever recited anything at an open mic. Okay. Okay. All I, right. I feel pretty good about myself. I think you were essentially then. the equivalent of Eminem. I think I was too. You should have seen the giant men's pants I was wearing. Sure. Yeah. Have I have I mentioned already on this show that recently I got totally, I was watching Empire and I got totally obsessed with the idea that I might find myself embroiled in a rap battle and I should prepare for this? You've mentioned this before. Yeah. I've probably mentioned it six times now. I think that you're, have you worked out what you're going to no, down. but I was recently texting with friend of the show, Becky Selingit, and I tried dropping some rap lyrics, and I was really happy with the first line I came up with, and then I came up, had nothing to follow it, and I've, now I've retired. I have a feeling Becky's a good rapper. Yeah, I think she's probably a great rapper, and I think we should uh, get her on the show to rap. I think we should, too. Okay. I think we should, too. Okay, okay if you're listening. <laughs> Becky, if you're listening. First of all, what kind come, of ham do you like? Come rap with us. Hey, do you know? <laughs> that would be a wonderful name for a podcast, Come Rap With Us. Becky, do you know any of the guys from Violet From Violet N? N? Yeah. Yeah. Do you D- know any of them? Hey, did you ever hear me read poetry at an open mic night? I have a question. Yeah. Did we ever finish describing what a croque monsieur is? <laughs> No, no. But anyway, I, I did. I because did that was 13 minutes ago. <laughs> I did stick up for bechamel, though. Exactly. Bechamel. So so why does this ham and cheese need a creamy white sauce in it? Well, and I think I was supposed to use even more of the white sauce. I didn't put any like inside. Is it just supposed to be like a glue? I think it's I, I think it's supposed to be like a glue. I, I don't really understand what what the bechamel is doing. I guess I'm agreeing with you. Hmm. I mean, fancy that. I think if we didn't have it in here, we would miss it. 
Yeah, I think so too. It would be yeah. it would be kind of dry mm-hmm. and one dimensional. But let's talk about the awesomeness that is Gruyere cheese. Mm. Except when you first put this down in front of me, I was kind of like, "Ooh, that smell is really off putting to me." There's something sometimes about Gruyere and Fontina that just make me want to run in the other direction when well, they're they, melted. They've definitely got like a barnyardy funk that comes off them, mm-hmm. like. Like, like Mark Ronson told us about. Yes, we, yeah, we talked about your funk before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am funky. But I, I feel like Gruyere is one of the only things that's described as nutty that it actually tastes kind of nutty. Mm-hmm. And they also always, on the package of the Gruyere, say it's like aged in genuine natural caves. I mean, I am often described as nutty, and I don't really taste nutty. Um, well, I'm I'm definitely going to withhold judgment on that. Uh, but do you have you ever wanted to go into the cheese caves? You see, I'm I'm like running from that as fast <laughs> as I can. <laughs> You're even blushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did actually have the experience uh, not of going into any Gruyere cheese caves, but I did have the experience of going into this amazing cheese cave underneath this famous cheese shop in Bordeaux. Can I say this man's name was Jean Dalos? And he was so nice. He was the cheese master. He took. We had to go down these like really steep steps, like down into his cheese dungeon. <laughs> to his lair. <laughs> to his yeah. lair. And oh, it was so oh so great. I have such fond memories of that. Can I can I say I mean this with no sarcasm whatsoever? You had an amazing life. <laughs> 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 you must be joking. No! I you, feel like I've you, had the most boring life ever. You recited poetry at a, at a cool <laughs> coffee house and went into a cheese cave. <laughs> I win! I haven't done any of these things. You know, Matthew, What am I doing with my life? I'll go recite poetry here in Seattle with you somewhere. Okay. I, I've done stand-up comedy. Does that count as something? Have I, Does it count? I mean, can I say I've done stand-up comedy doing our live shows? Or is it no. more like... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I say this because I've had this conversation with with like stand up friends. Uh, so what about, do we like, do? What? Are we doing like improv? Do you and I? Are it's we not even of... really improv either? What are it's we like, doing? What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. It's like sit sit down comedy. <laughs> sit down comedy. <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's talk. Let's. So we can we both... do a show live from a cheesecake? <laughs> we both established the acoustics would be amazing. Oh wow. <laughs> That natural reverb and like you can you can hear the It is cold down there though. You can hear the wild yeasts and bacteria you can. in the air. Yeah. yeah, it is it is cold. Like bring your bring your cardigan. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra might be the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Yep. Matthew doesn't really know from experience, but I can tell you, I got two of these bras. Uh-huh. I've got two of them. One is in this kind of raspberry color called Vivacious. I know, because you texted me a photo of it. <laughs> no, just of the strap. Let's be clear. Okay. Let's be clear. Anyway, um, so Third Love is this website. You go to it. You order a bra. They have this incredible deal they're offering our listeners. The deal is... <laughs> You get it for 30 days. You get to wear it. You get to wash it. You get to cut the tags off it. You'll pay a dollar for shipping. And if you don't like it, send it back and they'll charge you nothing. But I bet you're going to like it. I mean, here's the deal. It's got these like really pretty pleated straps. It's kind of a demi bra style, if, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's I know got what a you mean. really pretty cup shape. 
Uh, is that a thing, a pretty cup shape? I think I, that I can say from experience is a thing. It's a thing. And it's got this really pretty pleated strap that stays in place. Matthew, I don't know if you've ever suffered from any of the, the common bra ailments like cup spillage, cup gaping or slipping straps, but I have. And this bra gives me none of those ailments. I'm delighted to hear that. Yeah, I also love... So I have to tell the listener that... that Third Love supplies us with like some things that they think we might want to say in the um, in the ad. And what I really love is that this week they're really emphasizing the fact that this is a super smoothing bra. So, ladies, if you've ever had the problem that I've had, we're like, this is a real thing. This is not a bit you're doing. You're just standing at attention all the time. This bra oh, will oh, smooth like, you. I see. So it's like a, a this like bra a will smooth you. Nipple de-emphasizing. It is. Thing. It is. So you get a comfortable bra. It looks great. It looks hot. Dare I say? And oh, I'm, not, I'm never deleting that picture. Super smoothing. You sent me. <laughs> super smoothing. I know. How'd you like my collarbone there, Matthew? Oh wow, that it, was pretty much really all popped. you saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's definitely a a figure enhancing, and that includes collarbone enhancing type of thing. <laughs> anyway, so again, this is the Third Love twenty four seven t shirt bra. It's a pretty darn great bra, and you know you've got nothing to lose. Order one, wear it for thirty days. You can cut the tags off, do whatever you do in your bra. Absolutely. And if you don't like it, send it back after thirty days, and you have lost nothing. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to get started. So we've established that on memory lane, neither of us really ate ham and cheese as kids. I, nope. don't, I don't know why I didn't. I think I was kind of a peanut butter and jelly person. And then when I went into lunch meats, it was, as we have already discussed, bologna. You went into lunch meats. When I went into lunch meats. And then it was Carl Budig roast turkey. Right. Uh, as as discussed on, I think, the lunch meat episode and possibly also in... Uh, we were, oh, no, wait, that was words with two Bs, not words with two Ds. <laughs> Mrs. Cubison. <laughs> Mrs. Cubison. Oh, come here, Mrs. Um, Cubison. Yeah, I think for me it was that ham and cheese sandwiches like were in a category with like other cold sandwiches that I really hated that might have mayonnaise on them. Yeah. That was, a, yeah. That was probably my biggest phobia as a kid was mayonnaise. Of all the things that of I've said. all the things. Killer bees, mayonnaise, uh, girls. <laughs> Those were the big three. Yeah. They yeah. all sting in their you, own you way. You tackled the girl phobia quicker than I tackled the uh, guy phobia. Well, I want I want to be clear kind of that, that I, I that I have not and ever and do not tackle girls. <laughs> you just gen- I mean, except other than consensually, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So it says here. Um, oh, okay. So so I I did a little bit of croque monsieur research, and I, oh. I guess are we even going to talk about other types of ham and cheese sandwiches? Maybe we'll get there. I don't Who know. knows? I mean, ham and cheese, whatever. It's usually with cheddar, right? Or some or Swiss. Kind of, or, ham and Swiss, Swiss is a big oh, ham thing. And Swiss. Okay. Wow, we're experts um, <laughs> on ham and cheese I, sandwiches. I feel like I don't come across like not that not that I couldn't seek it out like actual Swiss cheese with holes as much as I'd like, maybe. Yeah, that never really happens. I think that, like... But I think for some people it does. You think? I think so. I it's out there. People are eating it. There's, like, Emmentaler. Yeah, that does that have eyes? It does, I think. I think so. Does Jarlsberg ever have eyes? I think maybe it does. Let's. This is called. <laughs> Do potatoes have eyes? Um, yes. This is this is the cheese speculator. <laughs> <laughs> next next week we're going into a cheese cave, and that episode will be called the cheese spelunker. Uh, 
So um, apparently, the earliest mention. Go ahead, steal no, my fact. No, go ahead. No. I'm just trying to get you to hurry I up insist. and get to the point. The earliest mention of a croquemus here in literature appears to be in volume two of Proust in Search of Lost Time, 1918. Have you read any Proust? I think I once, uh, you know, have you ever done this thing where you're like, I'm going to be cultured and I'm going to start by, you know, enjoying this difficult to appreciate piece of art. Uh, and, and I was like, I am going to get volume one of this new translation of In Search of Lost Time. I gave up after probably four pages. I have gone through that period twice in my life. Once was not too long ago when, so I'm in a book club and we, I think all together decided we were going to be more cultured and we decided to read Madame Bovary. Oh. Oh boy. by Gustave Flaubert. Flaubert. Anyway, and I got through it, actually. it was it's Good for you. Like, I don't often finish books that we read in book club. I got <laughs> through it because, God, by God, I was determined to be cultured. The other time was when I was like 16 and I bought uh, Henry Miller's Sexus. Oh. Like, he Wait, had... what? There, there's like... <laughs> what was the last thing you said? Se- sexus. It's one of his books. There's Sexus, Nexus, and... Oh, I didn't know that. I think now he, he's, he's Tropic of Cancer, right? He, yes. It, but isn't it like the series? Isn't it like the Tropic of Cancer or the Tropic of Capricorn or something? Yes. One of them is made up of the books Sexus and Nexus and something oh, else. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I think so. Anyway, <clears throat> I tried to read it, and I just was not... I. I you were not moved in any of any places you were hoping to be. I wasn't ready. Yeah, okay. I wasn't ready. And I've never gone back to it. I don't know. I think I think a lot of that like old erotic stuff it does not really speak to modern appetites. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't know. Like, I distinctly remember, I mean, I'm 37 years old now. I read this one. I started it when I was 16, and I remember- You're the, still working on it. I remember the line from it that made me close the book. Oh, I can't leave. wait to hear this. I don't know if I should say it. It's so, it's more than dirty. It's revolting to me. He said something about, like, that he shot off into her like a whale. <laughs> It just made me be like, oh my God. Oh my God. No. Like, like, no, 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 no. Like, like a whale, like the blowhole. Yes! Like, and I just did not want that mental image. And I've had it, I've been carrying it around, Matthew, for 21 years. Do you feel like a great sense of catharsis now that you've let it out? I don't know if we can actually air this oh, part of the Of course we can. Oh, I really, I don't know what it was about that. Like, we got the explicit tag and everything. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what it was about that. It, like, it felt like a violation to me as a 16 year old. It was more than I could stomach and more than I can stomach now, really. <laughs> um, I think, it, I think there's also this image of violence in it that oh, was really, sure. really unsettling to me. That That's the thing. Like, I think if you go back to uh, like, you know, like uh, Philip Roth and that kind of stuff, like, I, I don't know why I'm picking out Philip Roth, which I've never read either. I've never like, read any Philip Roth. I was like, wow, you're so cultured, Matthew. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I think it's, I think it's a lot of, a lot of like, you know, uh, Either like being or wishing the you were a manly man, yeah, is a big part of it. Which I've never wished I were a manly man. I have not either. No, um, I don't need to shoot off into anybody like a whale, like a sperm whale. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh God, <laughs> that's probably every, what he meant, right? Every time I say it, I just want to kill myself. <laughs> It's just so like revolting on like a physical level to me. Uh-huh. Well, <sighs> Gross. But it's also it's also like goofy. It's really goofy, <laughs> but and, probably not in context. Ugh. 
Ugh. All right. So, is there anything else about ham oh, and cheese? Yeah. So I recently went skiing. And, oh, right. You, it says Molly's recent ham and cheese experience. Yeah. I was recently out in the Metau Valley for the first time. Is that how you say that? I just learned how to say it. I, yeah. I never knew. Metau is what I'm told. You know what I still don't know how to pronounce, and maybe you do, is P-E-N-D-O-R-E-I-L-L-E. Well, I know how I would say it if it was French. French, It would be like Pondoré. But I think it's like Pondoréal or Penderéal. It's like Coeur d'Alene. Like, uh, what is it? Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. That's basically pronounced, like, it's spelled Coeur d'Alene. But Americans... Would not no, say that. No, we say Coeur d'Alene. Okay. And I don't know how to pronounce pen- Penderelli either. Okay. I'm sorry, I interrupted your <laughs> ham and cheese story. Cinderelli, <laughs> Do, 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 do. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I went to the Metau Valley. I went cross-country skiing. I went to the mountain. I went to the fountain. I, if I knew the lyrics to that song, that might have been funny. Anyway, afterwards we went to the Mazama or Mazama. Again, don't know how to pronounce that. Um, the Ma- Mazama store, uh, which is a great little market in the Metau Valley. And I bought a ham and cheese sandwich and it was so delicious. You know, like, so whenever you're exerting yourself, so I went downhill skiing last weekend and then had the best fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich of my life Uh afterwards. That ham and cheese that I had after cross-country skiing was similarly, like, it was it was better than mm-hmm. this fancy ham and cheese you made, sure. even though it was, like, cold, like, out of a refrigerator case. Like, ham and cheese, man. It is like, it's like food for the soul. Okay, I have a couple, couple of uh, observations. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, doesn't Mazama sound like what your grandmother, uh, like a slang term for breasts that your grandmother would use? It's like gazungas. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although my grandmother called them headlights. Nice. Oy, such headlights. I, I think we've talked about this on the show before. But we have. Never too many times. Dora, Plantsman, Weisenberg, rest in peace. Nice. I forgot what I was going to say. I got distracted I by headlights. Whatever. Deer in the headlights phenomenon. <laughs> Come in, Tokyo. Um, I, I, yeah, I went skiing one time. I don't remember what I ate, but I, I know the phenomenon you're talking about. Or like sometimes like if you've been uh, doing, uh, I was going to say like working outdoors, like I've ever done that. Uh, but, you know, exerting <laughs> yourself outdoors like on a hot day and then you get like a Coke oh, and it's the like, greatest thing ever. Like when you go camping and then the next morning you cook scrambled eggs over the campfire. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, those are the best eggs you'll ever eat. Or like camp. Camp pancakes are great, too. I've never had camp pancakes. It's always Bisquick, and it's the best. Oh, yes. Yeah, I wonder if, like, some of these some of these things that I still don't like that I feel are very ordinary foods that I should learn to like, like egg salad, maybe I should put Eat myself... Eat them outdoors. In, well, but first, like, Exert some sort yourself. of endurance situation where, like, I will just be delighted to have anything to eat. Go cross-country skiing. I, I used to go cross-country skiing, skiing, and an I liked appetite. it a lot. Yeah. I also recommend eating Haribo raspberries. Oh, those things are great skiing. with little like tiny, yes, cr- crunchy tiny, balls. Tiny nubbles. Yeah, the tiny crunchy You have to take nubbles. off your, your gloves all the time to eat them mm. if you're cross-country skiing, but whew. Could you could you rig up some sort of uh, helmet with a dispenser like this? I wasn't beer? wearing a helmet. Was I supposed to wear a helmet? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, like a, a hat. Like, yeah. Like a, a beer hat. Like, yeah. But for raspberries. Yeah. 
Today's episode of Spilled Milk was brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is one of the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. Made out of super soft memory foam that molds to my shape and truly gives me the perfect fit. So get yours today. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to get a free trial. They'll send you the 24-7 t-shirt bra. You'll pay a dollar for shipping. If you don't like it after 30 days, send it back and they'll charge you nothing. Boom. All right. Well, clearly that was our ham and cheese episode. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks for listening. You're welcome, spouse Lori and listener Jennifer. I'm sure you got what you bargained for. Hey, but, oh, the one thing I forgot to mention, uh, uh, there's a book called Ham on Rye. It's by, by Charles Bukowski, who also writes some seriously filthy stuff. Sure. That is like, for me, it kind of like verges on good filthy, bad filthy all at the same time. Everybody likes a little good filth. Just a hint of whale. Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know if everybody does. I mean, I think everybody would if they allowed themselves to experience it. I don't it. think everybody would like Charles Bukowski. No, no, probably Oof, not. No. Uh, I Again, haven't read it. Uncultured. No opinion on the matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, also not into opera. Uh, what? <laughs> it's just another, it's another cultured thing. Oh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, uh, you can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com, where we will post um, uh, tour dates for uh, Violet, <laughs> N, Violet N and, uh, and Lori and Jennifer's uh, uh, Indigo Girls-inspired folk duo. <laughs> we'll also announce when Matthew and I will be doing our poetry reading at a local open mic situation here in Seattle. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they have coffee shops in Seattle? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh-uh. But we're going to open one just to do this poetry thing. Uh, yep. Uh, next week, uh, we'll have Becky Selengood on, dropping some of her rhymes, <laughs> busting some rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, following week, actually, we'll have Buster Rhymes on. It's weird. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Did we already say that? At facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast, um, where you can say things like, why didn't they ever mention ham and cheese on the ham and cheese episode? <laughs> um, you can correct. You can tell us how that Indigo Girls song actually goes. I went to the doctor. Does she go to the doctor? Um a doctor of philosophy. Okay. With a beard down to his knees. Okay. He never did marry or see a big, great movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Galileo never saw he a movie? Said he could see through me. I spent four years prostrate to the higher mind, got my paper, and I was free. <laughs> wow, this is verging on copyright violation. <laughs> <laughs> except, except we're we're analyzing the lyrics uh, from an academic perspective, I'm so it's okay. Sure that I totally messed that up. <laughs> yeah, if you if you try and violate someone's copyright from memory, but you completely fuck it up, is it still illegal? That's a philosophical question for our brightest legal minds. Great. Uh, we're doing a live show coming up. It's going to be on April 2nd at the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Los Angeles. And tickets are probably available now. You can find that information on our website, SpilledMilkPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Um, <laughs> smack my bechamel up. <laughs> <laughs> that was this episode, right? Or was that the last episode? It was this episode. <laughs> okay. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Hi. You're still wearing your apron. Oh. It's so cute. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. 
and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.